Hey everyone, welcome to the ninth episode of the BCS Pride Pod. The BCS Pride Pod is hosted by two high school students, Aiden Bloomstein and Nolan Robertson. We bring weekly episodes with guests who talk about their sports, activities, experiences, or whatever they want for 30 minutes. Again, I am your host, Aiden Bloomstein. And I am your host, Nolan Robertson. And this is the ninth episode of the BCS Pride Pod. The guest that we have on this week exemplifies the ideals that we hold as Christians and that we hold in the Bradshaw community. The aspect in which he does this is with our international students. For listeners that don't know what that is, I'm sure he would love to explain it to us. Our guest is Mr. Denton. Mr. Denton, how have you been these past few months on summer break? Hey, guys. Um, I've been doing pretty well. I am definitely ready for school to start, though, uh, probably for a lot of people. Uh, we're pretty lucky because we have a swimming pool and a trampoline so my kids can run and jump and get outside. Um, I feel really bad for people that are stuck in small apartments that the swimming pool is shut down and things like that. So we're pretty fortunate. So I'm surviving, surviving. I think we're all at that point, you know, where we're almost like, okay, you know, it's kind of getting monotonous. Let's go back to school or something, you know, kind of that like, yeah, something something, needs to change. you know. Well, going to school will feel like, like a vacation at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we have, uh, we haven't talked about the international students on the podcast before. So some of our listeners may not know like much about the program and stuff. So could you explain like the culture or the international program? A few years ago, it's probably been maybe 10 years ago, I would suppose. Um, the school started opening up to international students we have a majority of our international students come from China and Vietnam, and then a little smaller group from Korea, Brazil. We've had uh, Spain, France, uh, a lot of different places, actually. And these students come over here to get an education in America. That's why most of their families send them. But the awesome thing about coming to our school is they also, uh, many of them have the first opportunity to be exposed just to Christianity and hear the gospel. So that's how I see it as a, as a ministry that our school is doing. We've got these kids coming here and we get to be the first ones to really introduce them to Jesus and share with them the love of Christ. So it's a cool thing. Um, some of the students only stay for one year and some stay for their whole high school, just like anybody, I guess. Um, and I think sometimes people think, oh, like they're from another country. And then once you get to know them, you realize, oh, they're teenagers American teenagers aren't the only teenagers in the world. Yeah. They're just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's interesting for me, at least, to see someone that is now Nolan and I are seniors. We forget that, oh, you're an international student, but we've been here through our high school experience together all four years. So it, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of that weird, weird dynamic that's pretty cool for, for me, at least. Um, so so I, I think it's awesome to be able to learn from different cultures. Um, and I know most of my experience with the international students has been in your classroom. Um, so could you talk a little bit about the interaction between yep. international students with American students in your classroom that necessarily doesn't happen outside of class, that happens outside of class, not in our ambassador Bibles. Um, for example, in open period, um, the mixture between international students and American students. It's, it's almost like any interaction uh, when one group of people encounters a, a group that's different than them. Um, 
there's usually a, a distance distancing that happens. Um, students, they're not quite sure. Like, I'm not going to talk to them. I, they, they probably don't understand me. And, and then the international kids that come feel the same way. They're like, well, who do I talk to? I don't know anybody here. Um, so it can be scary, but if we just like break through that barrier, then we realize, oh, wow, there's so much I can learn about having a, having a friend from a whole other country. And, um, community is, is so important. Um, and we're trying to do our best to grow a community of people that is diverse. That's a wonderful thing that I love about Bradshaw. We are probably one of the most diverse Christian schools out there. I mean, you've got people from everywhere and every background, and that's wonderful because that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like, um, too. And so it's like a glimpse of the kingdom of God, people from everywhere, from all walks of life, but they're together and they're friends and they're, they're working through stuff together. So, um, I guess I can jump on like, so the class that I teach is a a Bible class for first year international students. Um, so if it's their first year at our school, they don't jump right into the regular Bible classes because a lot of them have never had a Bible class before. Um, and so we want to make sure we take the time to explain who God is, who Jesus is, what the Bible is really carefully. Um, and so we did that for a few years. And then Mr. Mowry um, found out about some school in Florida, I think, that had this program of the current students of the school, the American students, um, being ambassadors and just really kind of helping that transition uh, for the students coming from other countries. And it was a brilliant idea. Um, so we decided to copy it. And it's been great. Um, the first year we had ambassadors in the classroom, their their goal is to, to help the international students feel comfortable to answer any questions, to kind of be like their first friends um, on campus. And the students that didn't have ambassadors the year before would come up to me and complain saying, why didn't we have ambassadors in our class? It sounds like it's so much more fun. Um, and it is, it's, there's, there's a lot more interaction and participation and games and all sorts of things going on in class where people just having fun together. Exactly. And I think as much as it benefits the international students, it benefits the American students. I found myself in ambassadors in, in the ambassador class struggling to be able to explain a concept that is so complex and to be able to communicate that effectively to someone that doesn't speak English as well, or maybe has had no experience with Christianity. So right. I think that really, really helped me personally um, to be able to communicate God's word to someone that has never heard it before. Yeah, especially if you've grown up in the church or in our school, there are certain phrases that we are just used to, biblical phrases or Christianese or whatever you, you want to call it. And we haven't actually stopped and thought, hmm, how would I talk to someone who is an atheist, you know, like about God, like, and anticipating their questions, like, cause we just assume, well, of course there's a God. And then now you've got kids coming from, um, from Asia specifically that many of them are atheists. You're like, okay, how do I have a conversation with them? Cause you don't want it to be an argument. 
like that's not our goal like we're not here to argue with it we're here we're here to be friends and like spend these four years together um but i'm a christian and you're not so now how do we interact and so it is i think especially for the christian students there's a lot of growth there and how to talk with someone that has a completely different belief system than you without it being an argument exactly and i think we're the goal of ambassadors is not to convert international students. That's not the goal at all. Right. The, the goal is purely educational and to show them the love of God and show them uh, the, the gospel and mm-hmm. let that sell itself. Yeah. And I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was educational, but, but it is the goal is to love. Um, the goal is to be a friend. Like, can you imagine um, being 16 years old? And your parents say, hey, Aiden, uh, hey, Nolan, um, we're just going to send you to whatever, Cambodia, and you're going to live there for four years. And oh, by the way, you don't know anybody there at all. And you've got a couple months to learn this language. And, and like you get dropped there. You, you live with a family you don't know. Like how scary that would yeah. be. Um, for for us to experience and it's wonderful to have somebody like an ambassador that's there to say hey like i'll be your friend like i'll hang out with you i'll help you out through this makes a huge difference yeah with uh covid19 what is like the status of some of our international students Uh, a lot of them have to stay home um, and actually, I mean, I spoke with one student yesterday and she said she's still stuck in America. She can't get back to China, um, which is lame, right? Like you want to see your family and you can't even get a flight, um, back to, to see your family. Um, so there's going to be a, a lot fewer international students, uh, at least for the first semester, um, when we come back, um, a lot of students just can't get to the visa office. Like they can't get their visas renewed at all anyway. Like, so who knows? Um, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. I'm like, I'm sad because my Bible classes might, might be really, really small. Yeah. Uh, and, or, or there might be this staggering, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll have like four kids in one class. And then two weeks later, two more show up and two weeks later, two more show up. Uh, and I think it's going to be something like that. So it's going to be, we're going to have to be stretched as teachers and just figuring out how to educate. A lot of it's going to be shifted to online. So a lot of international students are just going to start school um, over the computer and they might have to do that for a couple months before they come out. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a logistical problem between, yeah. between even the international student, like you said, getting to, um, an American embassy or an American consulate to be able to get their right. visas, visas. Yeah. So for some American students that are that are listening, that are kind of nervous about the language barrier and um, find that as an inhibitor from interacting with the international students, how could you persuade them otherwise? <laughs> the language barrier? Well, I think to use the language as a, a point of contact. Um, to, to approach students that you know speak another language um, and 
strike up a conversation saying, hey, I'd like to f- to learn how to say this word in Chinese or in Vietnamese. or um, And I know that happens usually just with cuss words. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about where the conversation goes, but to go beyond that, you know, like how would I, you know, how would I order this at a restaurant or how would I say this, you know, please, thank you, hello, goodbye. I think using language as a point of contact is a great way to start a friendship and to start a relationship with somebody. Um, and then in you're dealing with the barrier at the exact same time. Yeah. It almost seems like the conversation starter could be the difference, right? You, you point out the yeah. difference and now we can talk about it. And then it's not, there's not that awkward stage anymore. So I, I like that advice. I think that's interesting. The, the Vietnamese language has always struck me as very interesting and very complex to learn with all the accents and everything. Yeah, it is. I remember multiple times I would have a group of Vietnamese students writing things on the board and it looked, it looked different. It written the letter A. But it, yeah, 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 or uh, yeah, I, 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 it, I don't know. And it looks, it looks different, but it sounds the exact same. And I'm like, I don't know. It does, it, but I remember m- numerous conversations about that. So I, I appreciate yeah. that. And you got to be willing to laugh at yourself, like at mm-hmm. messing up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, oh, I, I said what? Okay, let me try again. And mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's fun. I, I think another good conversation starter really is to say like, how are things going in America? Like what, what are the biggest differences in America than the country that you're from? You know, um, like kids from Brazil, um, I always ask, cause it's just so, it's so foreign to me for them to celebrate Christmas in the middle of summer. Right. <laughs> like we don't think about stuff like that. Like, so you celebrate Christmas and you're like, you're wearing shorts and t-shirts, you know? And they're like, no, yeah, Christmas you celebrate pajamas? Christmas and it's snowing. What do you think? <laughs> So the cultural differences too, that's, that's the wonderful thing, like learning about their background. And, and I think when you're, when you're born and raised in one place, you start to assume that everybody else in the world thinks like you do. Um, and it's so not true. Um, you know, we're shaped by the culture around us, but like there are humans everywhere, you know? And I think when I travel around like in different places around the world, like the land looks the same and people are people. But then when you start talking, there's like, wow, there's so much more that I don't know. <laughs> like you, you realize how little, you know, when you talk with someone from a different culture, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I think one thing that was really good for me is that uh, when I uh, came back to Bradshaw in seventh grade, uh, one of the international students who's still here, like, uh, in our senior class, he stayed through middle school, through high school. Um, like he was, he became my friend. We were talking, you know, and I was able to, you know, ask him like, Oh, Hey, how do you say this? How do you say this? And so now it's became like a thing. Like whenever, you know, I like say hi to him, you know, I always say hi to him in Chinese or like something like that, you know? And so it's just really cool that like we can have that connection and then we can sit down and say, you know, Hey, I'm confused on something, you know, and talk about it. And it's just really cool to see that. Yeah. And the funny, the funny thing is sometimes is, is food. Like a lot of international students don't like hot dogs or hamburgers or tacos or burritos. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, but wait a minute. Like that's quintessential American. Like what kind of food do you like? And then like for us, we're like, what? Oh, that's, that's gross. That's weird. But it, 
you know, our whatever hamburgers and hot dogs and burritos are just a small portion of what food can be. Um, but you know, when, when you're raised on a different food, then that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then you, you look at American food and then you look at the Vietnamese food and some of the Korean food and the, the colors are so vibrant and the flavors yeah. are so different. You're like, man, American food is kind of lame. <laughs> it's brown. It's all, it's like shades of brown. Yeah. <laughs> so to transition a little bit into a little bit more of a personal question, what gave you the calling to work with the international students in regard to like ministering them? Um, you mean who gave me the calling? Um, it it was, it was definitely God, like kind of placed it in my lap in in one sense. Um, I've always been a Bible teacher and that's always something that I've known that God wanted me to do. Um, I was never one of those kids that was like, Hmm, I want to be a firefighter when I grew up, or I want to be a professional baseball player. When I grew up, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And, um, after high school, I knew I was to be a Bible teacher. Uh, when I moved back here to California from Tennessee, um, the school had already established this international student program. And so just when Mr. Mowry talked to me about um, doing the ambassador program and like doing the ELD classes and stuff like that, it just was like a perfect fit for what I wanted to do. Um, I have a heart for missions. Like my wife and I always talk about one day uh, when her kids are all grown up, it'd be cool to like retire, but not really retire, but go out on the mission field like a month or two at a time to different places and where I could teach and she could do her nurse thing. Um, so we've always talked about that, but going to Bradshaw now, it's like the mission field has come to me. Like I don't even have to leave at all. Um, I've got these 30, 40, 50 students from all these different countries sitting in my classroom. And I get to be for many of them, the very first one that tells them about Jesus. Um, And that's, that's a huge challenge because you've got some students that, are Christians actually, and you have others that this is the first time they heard about Jesus, or and others maybe they've heard the name, you know, Yesu, but they've been told various things about him. Um, so it's every year um, it confirms though that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, because every year at the end of the year I'll have conversations with students, and this is part of this is why teachers love teaching. It's when you get those one or two students that just sit down and talk with you and have serious questions and good questions, and they honestly want to know the truth and they want to know more. Um, and I have that every year. There's, you know, it's not a whole lot. It's one, two or three, but my words sink in and they want to find out more. And I love those conversations. Um, with the whole COVID-19 thing, it shifted to emails. Um, Hmm. But that was great because I think I had a few students that never would have raised their hand in class. Um, They would have been too embarrassed. Um, Yet they had no problem sending me an email asking me about God. And a lot of it, I think, is 
putting up questions like, well, how could there be a God if this, you know? And I love those questions because I'm a skeptic at heart too. Um, so I'm not put off by him. I think asking those challenging questions is a good thing. Um, but one or two students every year, just in talking with them, it confirms, yep, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, so I, and I, I love it. I love my job. I really, really do. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people can say that. Uh, so Through the whole uh, COVID situation and now that school is going to be looking very different, how are you finding hope in Christ? He's Ooh, king. There's one of those questions. Not through an email <laughs> on the podcast yeah. right now. On the podcast right now. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I'll think about Christians over the last two millennia and like we've got it easy like <laughs> honestly what what's happened here is we've been inconvenienced um and so there's nothing faith shattering there's there's nothing life shattering if i take my eyes off of myself then that's easy to recognize if i'm only looking at myself then oh what an inconvenience i don't want to do this i don't want to do this how can the government tell me to do this I'm like oh my goodness for millennia millions and millions of Christians have been persecuted and oppressed and their eyes were on Christ. And so it's not, it doesn't really seem like a thing I need to hold on to my faith through um, because it doesn't seem very faith shattering, but it is a reminder that the Christian life isn't supposed to be one of fluffy unicorns and rainbows and, you know, popcorn or whatever. Like it's not supposed to be an easy life. Like look at the life of Jesus. He, he loved deeply and he sacrificed deeply and he suffered tremendously. And then you look at the apostles that followed him, the same thing, right? Like they spread the gospel, they loved people, they cared for people and they suffered tremendously because of that. So the Christian life is one of suffering. And that doesn't mean we, we go around looking for it, but when we place somebody else above us, that involves pain. It involves dying to ourself, which is really hard to do. Um, so I guess through this COVID thing, I'm being reminded of that a whole lot more. Like it's not about me. I'm serving a far wiser king than myself. I'm serving a far more loving king than myself. I'm serving a far more knowledgeable king than myself. He's he, he's not unaware of what's going on, you know. And my role is in the midst of difficulty, how can I make this better for someone else? You know, how can I serve someone in this? How can I be loving um, in this moment. And that's what Christians have always done. You know, there was a time when only the wealthy had doctors and the poor were left on the streets. Like that's what they deserved was the thought. And it was the Christians who went and took care of the sick and built hospitals. And you could say the same thing for education and, um, human rights and all sorts of things. It was the Christians that were going there and not necessarily trying to change everything, but loving the people that were also suffering through it. So, but it, yeah. yeah, that, that, that was, 
that that was good. I remember um, one of the speakers that we had in chapel that I think that you brought in, they talked about, they were the missionaries that went to Iraq or Iran. I'm pretty sure it was Iran. Mm. Um, and, and, and they talk about, and they, they actually gave me a book. It's right here and it's, it's, it's titled live dead. And yeah. it, it's, there's stories and stories and stories about Iranian people that have had some sort of vision calling of Christ saying that someone is going to be there to minister yeah. to them. And a couple of years later they show up and the yeah. missionaries come in and they, they look at these Christians and they're like, Hey, I knew you were coming. And the missionaries are like, Whoa, Whoa, what are you, what are you, what are you talking <laughs> about? They're like, no, no, you, your God has talked to me. And, and, and that's, that's so profound. And what, what you're doing in the, in the high school and what the ambassadors are doing um, through your lead. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and, and sharing yeah. that wisdom with us. Um, it, it's been, it's really been great having you. It's been awesome. Thank you. And it, it, honestly, it is, it's just about loving the people around us. That's, that's the goal. And I think that's the goal for why the school is there. And I'm happy to help do that. We appreciate that. So listeners, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at BCS Pride Pod, at BCS Pride Pod. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions on who we should bring on, send us an email at pridepodbc at gmail.com. Again, pridepodbc at gmail.com. Make sure you also check our, out our website. That's pridepod.buzzsprout.com. Again, pridepod.buzzsprout.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode. That will be uploaded Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our website.